Welcome to the VoiceOver Insider Podcast. For VO industry news, tips, and information, be sure to subscribe using the subscribe button on this site. I'm Gary McFadden, the podcast co-host along with Julie Williams. Julie, what's coming up on the podcast today? It's Deb Monroe today, Gary, and she's going to talk about creating personalities that make money, which is a very intriguing topic to me because I'm not really sure exactly what she's talking about there. (laughs) Welcome, first of all. (laughs) Thank you so much. And that's not abnormal to not know what the hell I'm talking about. Uh, Yeah, I think um, there's a lot of different ways to view it, but creating personalities is actually what we do. And, and I think we, we all look at it different ways, which is fine. We're all entitled to it. We're all entitled to see it the way we see it. But what I've learned through my career is no matter what I'm doing, there's a character in it. So we know it as a character, but typically when people hear the word character, they think of animation and video game. Right. I do. And, and for me, it, even when I'm working with students, for example, I'm not selling their voice at all. Their voice can be a dime a dozen. There could be a million of them. What we're selling is their personality. Mm-hmm. So not only is it, there's so many different personalities you work with as a coach, especially to to brand someone, to bring someone into fruition. So it's like they have their own natural personality, which is where their signature is. That's where they're going to make the most money all the time give or take. Some people have really quirkiness and they have to kind of switch it a little bit, which which can work as well. But typically it's on based on your own overall personality signature, depending on what it is. And now you take that and you want to add to that, that you're going to create a whole bunch of different personalities and you're rarely ever going to be you in anything you do. In everything we voice, we're not really voicing ourselves all the time. We're actually we're voicing more another person who's written this copy. Mm-hmm. So the person who's involved in the story, right? You know, so it's a matter of um, creating those personalities and then bringing them to the table. So that's where we create our demos from. But it's really important that you live, eat, and breathe the personalities that you create so that you can mimic them in an authentic way. We lose so are, are you saying that each character on your demo needs to found, sound very different from all the others? Not on a character demo, but on a regular demo. On every demo. Now, there are, I'm hearing demos now where they want them all to be more similar. They want just one, your signature personality, and then different reads within that. And, and hey, I support all variations of change. We, we adapt in the industry all the time. It's always evolving. But what I do know is that when we're listening as a decision maker, and we're hearing one go to the next, go to the next, and it all sounds the same, it, it, we're, we're done after the first one or two. We're done. We're, we're not going to listen any further. Okay, I, I know what's going to come next. I know what's going to come next. So you don't <laughs> grab their attention. And on a demo specifically, you definitely have to have something that grabs their attention. So say I'm going to do an e-learning demo. So e-learning becomes its own stylization, even though it's a form and derivative of narration. On my e-learning demo, I'm still going to have the one personality that is the casual, everyday person just talking. And that might be something that's for a secondary character in e-learning, for example, that's Mm -hmm. just very natural. Uh, How do you do that again? Right. You know, just something. I'm not saying character, character, just something a little less narrative. And then I'm going to have my professional narrator. And then I'm going to have my professional narrator with a twist, which is my professional conversational narrator. And then I'm going to have my more... um, soothing, intriguing, because that's where some of my signature lies. So I make money in that soothing tone. Each of those personalities that I'm reflecting to you all have a name for me or all have a personality type. And so that's what I'm drawing from every time I voice. And so it's me getting in touch with 
what the client's personality, what they think they want. And then I, I really, I teach this a lot too, is it through the specs, you can really dissect the client and get to know what they probably might want, depending on the specs that they give you. So then I'm dissecting yet another personality, the personality of the client. And then how I have to bring that into the table with my own personality and then mixed in with all these characters' personalities that I put together. So personality, 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 but unique personalities. And that comes out in genuine authenticity first. I'll say that first, but that's the hardest thing to get. But it comes out foremost in different variables that we use, pitch, tone, speed, rhythms, um, changing it up so that it's not predictable. And that was probably one of the hardest things I had to learn coming from a broadcast background. You know, broadcast and theater was more my background. So having to learn to actually be all these different people, not be just different voices. And now here's another voice and here's another voice, you know, and, and not just connect to a voice, but actually someone that's coming to life with this copy that's put in front of you, right? So all of your storytellers are actually separate personalities. Yeah, they really are. And so I study people for a living. That's what I believe we do. First of all, I believe we do three things as, as voice actors. I believe we study human beings by uh, um, personalities. I believe we do communication. That's what we do is communication. We're communication experts. We really are. We might not be psychologists, but we might as well be in some ways. Um, but we're communication experts. We're salespeople. And we are personality readers. That's that's who we have to be. So I'm really smart to have chosen this career for myself because I have been dissecting people since I was a kid. I love people. I just am so fascinated by people. I, I'm fascinated by bugs. Too, and I'm fascinated that trees grow. Like I love life in general, but people are so fascinating. A lot of people see the real negative in it. And so for me, I just, uh, I just find such a fascination. So I was always naturally that way anyway. And that's why I think I'm a really good personality reader. I can read people so fast, so, so fast. And so what I've done is learn to adapt that into my career and create storyboards or, or idea sheets or character sheets that you create all these different personalities and then go back and use them for these different types of scripts. So when you get a, um, an e-learning in, yeah. uh, do you go and say, okay, this is going to be so-and-so? And I can tell them they want the teacher here. So I can tell they want the teacher here. But do they want my more casual teacher? Or do they want my more uptight teacher who really needs to go out and get lucky? <laughs> you know, which, which kind of teacher are they looking for? But what I typically do is mix the two because I know that a lot of the typical e-learning stuff that I do, which becomes very dry and boring after long, long pages of copy, I try to make it always interesting by intriguing it with personality. So I will go, I might be very professional in it, but my voice is going to go up in a register for a moment and then go back into sarcasm for a second mm -hmm. to show that I actually am involved in what I'm saying, that I'm not just kind of reading it off the page. And so the more I focus on the personality, the less I have to focus on the copy. The copy actually, the copy is a guidance. And sometimes you'll be reading and just be so much in personality, you're not even paying attention to I know in a way what you're reading, even though that's the mo most important part is the context, the storyline, what right. you're trying to bring across. But I'm so involved in the personality and I do this in singing. I'm in a band now. And so I'm great at being a personality on stage. <laughs> that's what I'm learning. I can do covers, man, because I'll become Axel. I'll become everybody. I just become. And so it's so e easy for me to just morph into personalities. And that's what sells me the most, I think, is that I'm able to really connect to the character in the copy, not just the copy itself. Well, how long does it take to get, take to get yourself a cache of personalities? 
Well, I would say now 29, almost 30 years. <laughs> it, it, you know, I mean, it's basically all these personalities that I've created over time. And the first ones weren't personalities at all. They were voices. And then as I learned my craft and started studying it and training and training and training, I'm addicted to training. Although when you coach people stop training, it really pisses me off. <laughs> I want to learn. I like learning. I love learning new, new and, and, and getting always fresh, right? Always. It should be ever evolving. So those characters come, like I say, from, you know, being on a trip on a holiday somewhere and hearing some quirky voice or some quirky personality. And then I start writing things down. And so again, because I like to mimic, I don't need to sound exactly like them. I just need to derive off their personality. And that's, what's great because then it becomes my own unique style. Right. You know, otherwise I'd be boring. It'd be boring. I'd be very mainstream. It would be easy for me to be very complacent in my reads and stay in that same place. So the personality adding personality to it helps me take it off the page a lot more. So I don't get stuck in that rut of complacency. So where does one start in creating the first personality for a boring narration? You know, that um, yeah. they yeah, do narration the all the time, but they want to get out of the voice and be a personality. Yeah. I think a teacher for the boring narration stuff, teacher, you have to be the expert in copy when it comes to e-learning. And that's, what's, what's very interesting and intriguing about it. I have an authoritarian personality of an authoritarian voice. So it's easy for me to get into that descriptive. If you aren't that personality, you're gonna have to find that one. And so what you want to do is study someone, whether real or fictitious, someone that suits that personality. And, and I wouldn't suggest it just listening to it. I actually suggest watching. So you go on YouTube and you type in, you know, strict teacher, uh, professional teacher, uh, casual teacher, and start watching other personalities as they speak. You're going to find some that are very reedy. Don't study those ones. You know, find the ones that aren't. And don't just study what they're sounding like, which is, I think, the mistake a lot of people make. It's all based on how we act and react with our hands, with our facial gestures, with our body gestures. Uh, and so you can see a lot more of that. Again, I'll go back to singing for a second. When I study covers, what I do is I go in, no different than if I'm doing an animation or something else I have to mimic. I'll go in and I'll watch them live so I can see how they do their little personality traits that they add in because they all add in their own little thing. So it's finding those little nuances that come in from your teacher. So if you just start with a professional read and that's all you do, you will start getting very complacent and stay in that place the whole time. And that's all you'll do. And here you'll go. And you're, you're going to tune me out in two seconds. So why would anyone else enjoy that? It's finding those little places to be real in the moment. And so I, I pretend at that moment, I'm a teacher with actually, I could have a group of students, but to me, it's only one student at a time. Mm -hmm. There might be more there. So when I talk to the student for this sentence, it's because I'm thinking of them in that moment. And then I go look at the slacker over there for the next sentence. Oh, and by the way, and that changes my delivery naturally mm -hmm. because I'm mm -hmm. seeing other personalities in the room with me. <laughs> I never thought about going and looking over at the slacker. <laughs> yeah, right. Like it gives you sarcasm then. You know, it gives you a different intention of how to approach this line. And I don't even know what the next line might be coming. But if I'm looking over at that slacker, it just comes out. And what's great is I make mistakes. And sometimes those are gold. You know, sometimes they suck. Sometimes I'm listening to myself, unfortunately, and then I'll redo it again one more time. But what I do learn now is when I go for, let's say, talking sarcastically to the slacker, um, when I go for that, I let it finish through, even if I think it sucks while I'm doing it. 
because I, I'm trying not to be the director while I'm voicing. I try to remove myself and be the performer, the actual character in the copy, the personality. And so what I'll do is I'll try it again if I think it kind of bombed and just pick it up later and then I edit afterwards. I tend to be an, a voice actor who voices first and then edits after. I don't want to direct while I'm voicing. I want to just enjoy it. I don't want to engineer. I, I want to do that later. I, I don't want to do it ever, actually. But I want to do it, you know, after I'm removed from connecting. I want to connect first. And so that's what I focus on the most. Is there anything else that you would like to add? Um, I think when it comes to making personalities, I've worked with a lot of personality types. Some of the hardest to adapt, especially in a narration commercial world, is... Um, people that have, um, I'm going to call it uh, stiff personalities, dry personalities, not engaging, not humorous, not flat. They're just flat. You have to figure out your unique um, uniqueness in that and how to bring that to life. But if you're always got that negative context, it comes out a little bit dry and, and unhappy. And it takes, so the best example, guys, is someone who really doesn't smile a lot. And so smiling in the copy to them is just killing them. So here I'll not smile in the copy. Today we're going to learn about this. And now I'm going to smile in the copy. Today we're going to learn about this. So you can hear the difference of the smile in the copy. And people that don't smile a lot really judge people like me who smile all the time. You know, and it's not a negative necessarily. It's just their personality versus mine. That's it. Everybody has a permission slip to be. But you got to find out where yours fit. And you might have to adjust it if that's your personality type in order to book certain types of work. But then there's other work that's brilliant for you, like character stuff where you can really play with animation and video game where they, where they don't mind that dryness and flatness. So suit yourself to the genre you're pursuing as much as you can. Get to know who you are so that you can figure out other personalities. We have been talking with Deb Monroe, who is an incredible talent and coach. Deb, how can people get a hold of you if they want to explore this more? Um, the best place to find me is Deb at Debsvoice.com. So D-E-B-S-V-O-I-C-E.com. And you can also go to my website, much the same, Debsvoice.com. And I have a training site up there, which has got lots of free information and stuff, but you can always email me anytime. Awesome. Thank you so much for being with us today. Thank you, Julie, for having me. It was great to see you again. Hear you again. <laughs> <laughs> Take care. Yeah, yeah. Bye.